Hello and welcome to this season of the Feminist Voices podcast. My name is Raleigh and I'm one of the 2019-2020 Feminist Narratives Coordinators. This season, we sat down with student artists at Stanford to talk about their artistic journeys and to learn about how they maintain their creative practices while at Stanford. This episode, Bailey sat down with Maya to hear about their work as a visual, conceptual, and sound artist. We hope you enjoy! Yeah, my name is Maya Burke. My pronouns are they, them. I'm a sound artist and a conceptual artist and visual artist. So. Okay. Um, what was the point in your life that you realized you wanted to be an artist? Um, I didn't really want to be an artist and um, actually wanted to be an architect and then I wanted to be um, a farmer, and then I wanted to be a politician, and then I wanted to be an environmental scientist, and then I was like, there's too much bullshit I don't understand, so <laughs> um, just redirect, I guess, and be an interdisciplinarian, and uh, I didn't really, I didn't realize I was an artist until like, after I had a body of work, um, and I don't necessarily like identify as an as an artist too often, like I just tend to an art practice. Can you say a little bit more about that? Just because that's kind of like why I like wanted to like do this podcast in the first place, just to like, because like I also am like someone who like makes art but don't really identify as an artist. I mean, it's a, it's a slight agitation to the Western conception of an artist as we live in a Western saturated existence. like. Like the idea of like an artist as like a profession is something that wraps up pretty neatly with like the industry of like high art and like the or not necessarily the industry but like the yeah the like the the money that is behind it and like being a career artist um, is like a capital A artist basically like I I think that um, artistic practice is less of like a title and more of a yeah like practice and um I think that anything can be approached artfully like the art of conversation cooking like you know you can have like a like a an artistic relationship to coding to plumbing you know and I think that what specific to me about art practice or what I, what I think um, about practice is like having this back and forth between like engaging and doing, um, you know, and acting the the craft, and taking a step back and um, learning from it, and like you know having that back and forth, and that back and forth can be in any profession or any endeavor, and I think with like art mediums, you know, they've been delineated as something separated from everyday life like like I don't make aesthetic objects for the you know for the point of selling them if, mm-hmm. if, you, if that's what the you know the question about like being an artist is so how does being at a place like Stanford impact your practice I mean there's like there's a lot to learn at a place like Stanford obviously um, like officially through like the coursework and the opportunities and then unofficially with the I don't know the social dramas and like the 
intense concentration of like power and money. I think that impacted my art practice like positively on like a conceptual level of like starting to think about you know systems of resource organization and 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 social stratification and power and stuff but also impacted me really negatively like just because it was like kind of shocking and mildly traumatic just coming from the the perspectives that I'm coming from like I was I feel like I was in a state of shock for like the first good chunk of my time at Stanford just like trying to wrap my head around the environment like like there like are like resources and opportunities here that I've been like super grateful for and I think it's kind of sad in a way that there are resources and opportunities here that aren't accessible to communities you know in other Mm -hmm. situations and um but you know I've been grateful individually I'm not going to pretend that I'm not um there have been people I'm really like glad that I've met um but the the context, the subtext, and the environment has always been like mildly haunting. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of curious to bring back something that you mentioned earlier, which is just like, how do you see your other identities coming into your work? I don't know, fluidly, I guess, as they need to. I feel like my practice is kind of selfish right now. Aspects of my identity that feel stifled or injured based off of some of the, you know, surviving and coping mechanisms that I enact in different spaces like I try to pay attention to my to my feelings and pay attention to the way that identity markers are mapped onto me and yeah I just try to move through them patiently and I, I try not to fetishize aspects of my own identity for the purpose of you know making sense of it or making specifically making sense of my identity for the, for other people's understanding like I, I try to be focused on on how things come up for me and how my practice can help me move through stuff like that. What do you think the role of an artist is both on and off campus? Well, it depends, I guess. Personal opinion, I think that, you know, truth is really important. And, you know, first and foremost, like speaking your own truth, making work that is healing and generative and like honest to yourself. And like... Beyond that, if it resonates with people, that's like a beautiful that's a beautiful thing and um, being able to share work with people and open up what seems to be like new dimensions about emotions and understandings like that's really beautiful and if you know beyond that beyond sharing your work and resonating with other people like if speaking truth to power is like within an artist's wheelhouse like I think that um, is an important role to step into if it's something that is done so with like care and with with care and and understanding. I'm actually reading a reading right now for a course about that's like kind of like investigating art that claims to be like social art, art that's like doing so social good. Or there's just like a world of difference between naming a problem and then creating a piece of work or a body of work that facilitate understandings of the problem or facilitate solutions to problems and then like the piece gets you know deeper and is like you know questioning like the role of like artists as a mediator you know I think I think artists can be mediators for communities or like you know a lot of artists are like they talk about like divine intervention and like it didn't come through me it just flowed through or whatever like there's like that degree of mediation there's like mediating between communities or and I like I like this piece that I'm reading right now because it's 
it, you know, it, it, it agitates that and it's like, what is the relationship between artist and community? When can it become inappropriate? At what point does an artist's perspective like overshadow the communities? When is it helpful? I think in terms of roles, it can be super context dependent and also dependent on the artist's position, positionality and with like the roles of the other people around them. Yeah, I don't think there's like a right answer. I think artists can speak truth to power and that's really important. They can be canaries in the coal mine. They can envision past lived realities. They can envision future possibilities that may not be visible within the, within the current status quo or media constraints. And I think they can create work that is deeply involved with healing or with educating or um, imagining and building futures. So I think it, the role is fluid, but I think that the... Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because there, there are some... There's some things that are context dependent and there are things, some things that seem important to be consistent with in a practice. And I think something I've been coming, coming to is like, like my role as an artist to who, you know, like I, to myself, like if my responsibility to myself as an artist is to have a healthy relationship with my ego when creating work. And if that is such, like my work can expand beyond just being personal. Like I make work that's personal to me and if it is genuine and if it is, I feel like the what I'm working through like ego-wise um, is healthy and it, it, I feel comfortable sharing it with other people. Like I don't really want to share my ego narratives. Mm -hmm. I don't want to share like my ideas for how the future should be different or some sort of, I don't know, like you like yeah. egotism and, and, and artwork and like profit complexes are are abound. I don't know if you were like listening to Father John Misty like that. Like, I low key think that man thinks he's like Jesus third come or something. And like, it's cool. I mean, he makes some good music, but like, you can tell sometimes when like when artists are like they're following the God conscience and mm. they're like, and it also depends on the medium. I think that might be a musician specific thing. But I have I haven't I told you before I haven't like really identified as like a capital A artist. I feel like anyone can do anything in an artistic way. So I feel like the role of an artist is to like tend to your art practice mm -hmm. as it's like an organic being, you know, mm -hmm. to tend to it, so. When you're making art that like feels like selfish or like you're like speaking like directly or like addressing like your own ego and things of that nature, is it possible then to make art that's not political? Well, I, I personally don't think that political neutrality is like is real like I think me making me making the decision to invest my energy in like a selfish way is like you know it's like it's not going to be void of impact um, and then me trying to speak explicitly about you know some social issue or reality isn't like you know, can be politicized, but I, I don't think neutrality is necessarily an option. You know, I think there's like, ab, what is it? Abstain, abstaining, there's abstaining and, you know, I don't know, I think the word, like I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little troubled by just the word political because um, I think it's become reified and yeah, it's, it, it seems like it stands for something else. Like. Like, you mean, what do you mean? Like, having to do with U.S. politics? Having to do with social politics of, like, smaller communities? Like, no, like, every, I mean, black feminism has just, like, been screaming this into existence, like, 
everything is political, whether or not like you decide to engage in it or not. And like you don't have to be in the political arena necessarily, but deciding not to be in the political arena is a political decision. And the, and people who say like, oh, this isn't political or people who have the, the privilege to ignore that. So, fuck them. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on separating the art from the artist? I think it has a lot to do with money. What constitutes an art object is very arbitrary and within the parameters of Westernism and Western art and the um, relationship of capital and capitalism and, and, and art is a whole nasty mess. I don't personally have the skills to get into, you know, in depth, but I think the limit of art, of the limiting frames of art as aesthetic objects or, you know, clean, um, categorizable containers is a Western, like, quote, modern um, phenomena. And I was reading the thesis of this artist I um, really respect and appreciate and got the chance to meet um, because they visited campus last year. Um, their name is Quill Christie. And Quill is a visual artist. She makes really amazing paintings. And she wrote a um, thesis, master's thesis, about Anishinaabe uh, art making. And, well, she wrote a thesis. The thesis has a lot in it. But um, she, yeah, she just kind of goes in depth um, quite poetically about how you know her her experience as an as an Anishinaabe artist is like um, is not confined to her painting. It's you know her culture, her way of being, and I mean I'm from a background that's like kind of recently decultured, like deculturated or whatever. But I really really vibe with that that you know the separation of art and life is like this attempt to sell the pieces of art but you know the united states is like performance art <laughs> like nation states are performance art like they're really bad <laughs> they're really bad performance art pieces and there's like an idea that there is a separation but there but that illusion i think is interesting and potentially harmful and i think if people lean more into that performative and process-based thinking, like thinking about the United States as a process, as like a, as a, re, as a re-sustained, reconstituting process of performance art piece that's literally fucking horrible <laughs> from any angle you look at it. Like there, I mean, there, there, it's, it's a whole conversation with arguments, you know, people are talking about ideals or whatever. But like, I feel like art, art as an object is something I try to um, stay away from, even though I do work with mediums and try to like contain things and like contextualize them. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it has to be that way. Do you know what you want your art to say when you begin your process? No, not usually. I think that fucks up that fucks up the project. <laughs> um, I feel like that's why I'm so bad at school, is because the prompts are so specific, and I'm always trying to like turn in art projects for my <laughs> academic <laughs> endeavors. Um, and I don't know where they're gonna end up. I usually know what the first gesture is. Like I have something like hanging on my tongue or like 
throbbing in my mind and I like search for like that first um, tone or mood of it and I tend to it however long that takes and see if it grows and yeah and then it, it blooms and it, it tells me what it wants to say I try not to, to I mean I'm an Aries son so like I'm like a head ass so like I have to like make sure I don't like guide it in this like very like egotist and like overdetermined and specific way <laughs> um, and when I'm able to like let back with some control you know I'm, I'm still the the curator here of the project like um, it tells me what it wants to say and then I can learn from the piece of art too like I learn from my creations I don't just like spit them out what is something that you believe essential and or essential to your craft remembering that I am an organic being kind of obnoxious let me see if I can answer this <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> yeah I guess just being gentle with myself and being patient not being so product focused I think a lot, a lot of people emphasize this when they are asked questions of this nature but really like not having a hierarchy in your own head about like when you're incubating or processing or when you're producing work like incubating and moving through your feelings and apart your thoughts and and just chewing on stuff and just being quiet and being your own lane like is still a part of your process is still a part of your artistic process and is no less important than when you're feeling really generative and really energetic and your hands are in the material or whatever so yeah I think being able to um, to flow in and out of like incubating and and creating is really important and think about it as like a a spectrum or whatever, like a pendulum, you know, being able to swing back and forth rather than like hitting one end and then rusting over there. I think a lot of people rest to one end and they never create work and they're like, I'm not an artist. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like everyone went, everyone, everyone went through preschool. Everyone did the thing. Like you don't just, you don't just decide you're not a creative being. Like maybe you're not good at the mediums you've engaged in, but you can, you can rest at either end of just being like, I never create. I'm always incubating. I'm always just moving through like this, or you can burn out and think that you always need to be um, producing and creating new things. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. It's hard. It's kind of hard to find that flow between those states because there's so much pressure to produce and to sell yourself and to be digestible. <laughs> but like, it's about you. Like, and if it's not about you, like, why are you doing it? And like. It's good if it, like what I was saying before, like if you can share with others or if you can speak truth to power, but like at like the, um, at the core, like you, you still have to be there too. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week where we speak with Melinda about her practice as a musician.